Three weeks ago, I walked down Dixon Street with a group from St. Paul's, and I listened as the crowd cheered wildly and joyfully at the sight of our church's banner. The whole event that day was a joyful and hopeful celebration, but I felt something special when I heard thousands of people who have no connection with our church shout with appreciation and gratitude because, at least as I interpret that enthusiasm, they were delighted to see a group of Christians marching in the Pride Parade. Now, I've known that St. Paul's has long been a symbol of love and acceptance in our community, but until that moment, I didn't really appreciate what it means to be a part of a church that is willing to show up and stand up for pride. Ever since then, I've been wondering what comes next. Over the years, we've done a lot of good in this community. When the crowd sees us walking down Dixon, they aren't cheering simply because we showed up this year, but because of all that we've come to represent in this town. But when the parade is over, we roll up our banner and pack up our feather boas and put away our rainbow hats and look forward to next year when the crowd will cheer us on again. Now, one or two from the crowd might come through those doors because they're particularly bold and curious about what they might find in this place, but far more in the crowd are content to just say to themselves what many of us have heard before. I don't go to church, but if I did, I would go to St. Paul's. <laughs> the readings we hear from Jeremiah and from Mark today make me wonder whether this is the time for us to do something more. Now, back in Jesus' day, the crowd probably wasn't wearing as much face paint as the one on Dixon Street, but the crowds that we read about in Mark chapter 6 were no less enthusiastic. The disciples had returned from the journey on which Jesus had sent them two by two. They had taught and healed and cast out demons in Jesus' name, and they had been wildly successful. Jesus and his disciples had become so famous that they didn't even have enough time to eat. So Jesus said to his followers, Come with me to a deserted place by yourselves. They got into a boat and set sail for a desolate spot on the shore, but the crowd recognized where they were going, so they started to run after them. And as the crowd made its way through one village after another, more and more people left their homes to go and meet Jesus and the disciples. And by the time they came to shore, there were over 5,000 people waiting eagerly for them. By the end of this morning's gospel reading, we see Jesus and the disciples leaving that place and sailing across the sea for another spot. And when they come ashore, yet again, they are met by a great crowd. Everywhere they go on that side of the sea, in every village, in every city, the marketplaces are filled with people who just want to get close enough to Jesus that they might touch the fringe of his cloak. They know that if they can just touch him, they will be healed. All that is broken within them 
might be set right. Even though he must have been exhausted, Jesus looked out at the crowd and had compassion on them because, as we are told, when he saw those beloved children of God, he saw sheep without a shepherd. Now, there are a number of times in the Bible when God's people are described as sheep without a shepherd. When Moses asked the Lord to raise up a successor, he prayed that God would not leave God's sheep without a shepherd. When Micaiah, the prophet, foretold the gruesome death of the wicked king Ahab, he said that he could see the soldiers of Israel scattered on the mountainside like sheep without a shepherd. When Zechariah the prophet described the worthlessness of the spiritual leaders of his day, he lamented how the people of Judah suffered for lack of a shepherd. But perhaps the worst example of all, the one that really conveys a sense of condemnation, comes in the words we heard from the prophet Jeremiah, the prophet who says, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. In Jeremiah's day, it seems that the spiritual leaders of God's people had not only lost their sheep, but they had even scattered them and driven them away. It makes me wonder how often someone who was desperate for healing tried to approach God only to be driven away by worthless shepherds. It makes me wonder how often in the name of religion someone with authority has refused to acknowledge the needs of the vulnerable who come to them for help. It makes me wonder how often we, in the name of Jesus, have taken a stand with oppression, not necessarily because we think it's right, but because we're afraid of admitting that we might have been wrong all this while. In every generation, there are so-called religious leaders who, instead of shepherding God's people to spiritual safety, scatter them and chase them away, coming between them and the healing that they seek from God. The truth is that all of us are desperate for healing. We're all standing in our own crowd of our own particular identity, hoping that we will be found, that our needs will be met, that our brokenness just might be made whole. Some of us, like me, have the benefit of belonging to a crowd that hasn't ever had to fight hard in order to be accepted or to be taken seriously. Our needs are just as real as those of anyone else, but because we aren't as vulnerable as others, we don't know what it means to come to the church house door and discover that we aren't welcome, that the shepherds in that place are there to drive us away. But there are lots of other people, even among us, who have felt exactly that rejection enacted by the church. And it shouldn't surprise us that so many of them have given up on religion altogether. It shouldn't surprise us that when Christians show up and grab the microphone, people who have been wounded by the church expect something other than love and acceptance to come out of their mouths. Now the crowd on Dixon Street, when they see us, 
they know that we represent a different kind of Christian. But I wonder whether showing up every year is enough. In every biblical example of sheep without a shepherd, including the one we heard from Jeremiah, God always promises to raise up new faithful shepherds who will care for God's people. Moses was succeeded by Joshua. Ahab and the rest of the Omri dynasty were overthrown by Jehu. Zechariah and Jeremiah both promised that the self-interested shepherds would be replaced by a righteous branch, someone who would bring justice and righteousness to the land, someone who would be sure that all of God's sheep were gathered together. Jesus came to offer healing to those who needed it most, those who had nowhere else to turn, those who had no spiritual leaders to help them find the healing promises of God. I wonder whether we are willing to do more in order to help those people who have given up on God because they've been driven away by worthless shepherds find the healing that God still promises them. I don't mean a campaign to get disaffected people to fill the pews or the offering plate. And I'm not just talking about the crowd at a pride parade. I think we at St. Paul's are in a unique position to offer words of hope to people who haven't heard hope from Christians in a long time. We have spent years building deep relationships throughout this community, relationships of genuine love and concern. People all around us see that the members of this parish are committed to the transformational power of unconditional love. They literally cheer when they see us coming. Over and over they say that if they ever went to a church, it would be here with us. You're already here. So I bet you already know the healing power of hope and love that we share in this place and that you know it not only by reputation but from within. You know how good it is to be a part of this community of faith. Think of how many other people would love and enjoy being a part of what God is doing here. Might you do something new something more to share that hope with others. Jesus is sending us out, just like the disciples, to offer healing in his name. Whom will you invite to come and find it with us?